You're listening to First City Forum, 97.5 FM. Hello, 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 and welcome to the First City Forum, brought to our Providence Properties in Southeast Alaska Orthopedics. I'm your host, the one and only Joe Williams. It is a blustery Tuesday here in Ketchikan, and um, we, we're here on the phone with Paul Robbins uh, from the Libertarian Party. He's here to talk about some fun things, and then we have Art Talk with Liza Lee coming in. Now, Liza is in Florida right now, so she'll be calling in uh, after a short song break after Paul. Paul, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, Joe. Thanks for having me on. I'm really excited to have you on, Paul, uh, and just to talk about what uh, what's co- what's coming up uh, as far as the fiftieth the fiftieth birthday of the Libertarian Party, and just to talk a little bit about what the Libertarian Party actually is. So, first, how was your Thanksgiving? Oh, it was fantastic. It was uh, it's one of my favorite holidays. It's like a national permission to overeat and uh, feel okay about a day. And my wife is an excellent cook, so. It tends to be a, a great day for all of us at this house. If you guys don't know the magic of Brandy Robbins' cookings, I feel so sorry for you. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> so Paul is calling in today. Uh, so there's a 50th birthday celebration um, for the Libertarian Party happening at Bar Harbor. But for those who don't know, what is a Libertarian? Uh, well, the, the Libertarian Party, which was founded in 1971, which is why we're celebrating the 50th uh, here coming up on December 11th, is the, the third largest party in the United States. Oh. And it was founded to protect individual rights and the sovereignty of the individual from uh, government oppression uh, in various forms. Uh, our statement of principles holds that all individuals have the right to exercise sole dominion over their lives have the right to live in whatever manner they choose so long as they do not forcibly interfere with the rights of others. And and that uh, is kind of the embodiment of how we approach every political issue of the day, which is uh, how can we do it with as little interference of government as possible, zero, if at all possible, but as little as possible, so that people can make their own decisions, And because they're really the best at determining for their lives for their families, for their own benefit. Who better than the individual knows what they need? And that's kind of the foundation of what this party is. That sounds like something I can, I can get behind. It, so, it sort of sounds like what America was founded on originally anyways. It is. Libertarian is, uh, is, is classical liberalism. So liberal has taken on a new moniker in, in current politics, but classical liberalism is the foundation of the Libertarian Party. And how you localize that is, you know, first of all, the Libertarian Party has been fighting for the decriminalization of marijuana and other drugs since the 70s. We've recognized that the war on drugs has made victims of of far too many Americans for over 60 years, has turned the United States into the largest prison industrial complex in the world. Nobody has more prisoners per capita than we do, and the drug war is a big reason for that. And by the way, 60 years later, drugs are winning the drug war. We oh, haven't yeah. lessened the amount of people taking them. We haven't made them more expensive. We haven't crushed the cartels that bring them in. None of that has worked. Well, that's because it's not about stopping drugs. It's more about um, legal slavery and racism. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. It is profitable, and uh, there's, there's no reason for them to stop it in the ways that they have it. And it's a completely immoral. We've been fighting it since our existence, and we will continue to. 
and and hopefully and we're starting to make some headway in that the the old parties are starting to recognize that the general populace is catching on to how wrong that war has been and how many people who have committed harm to no one are sitting in prison for possession or distribution of a plant it's incredible. Okay, so for those interested in uh, in knowing more about the about the Libertarian Party and about getting involved with uh, the event which is coming up now, when is the party? When is the the birthday party for the Libertarian Party uh, for the Libertarian Party? The birthday party for the Libertarian Party. <laughs> <laughs> All the parties are on December 11th, and we're having one here in Ketchikan, one in Fairbanks, and one in Wasilla. Fabulous. Uh, the one here in Ketchikan's at Bar Harbor. And it is from 1 to 3, so kind of a after-lunch party. One of Brandy's famous cakes will be there, uh, homemade cake from Brandy for anybody who attends. Oh, my. We'll also be going over some historical trivia. I'm not going to give some of that away, but I can tease a little bit. We're going to talk about how the first ever woman in the United States to get an electoral college vote came from the Libertarian Party and who that was. And the first ever statewide legislator elected was a libertarian, happened in Alaska. We'll reveal who that was and some of the important things he did. We're also going to be announcing a candidate to unseat uh, Don Young as uh, Alaska's U.S. House representative. Okay. We'll be announcing and introducing him that day. Uh, I just have to uh, just to, just to say this for uh, for the sake of the station. Uh, Katie Can does not affiliate with any uh, specific political party. Just so that we we make that clear, uh, but yeah. uh, we do give voices to whomever would like to come on and talk about uh, what they would like to to do. Uh, so the fiftieth birthday party for the Libertarian Party. Uh, December 11th at Bar Harbor. You'll you'll get to experience, maybe for the first time, a Brandy Robbins cake. There's nothing greater than a Brandy Robbins cake, ladies and gentlemen. Let me just tell you that. I throw a big party every year, and I've been so happy, uh, lucky to get Brandy to make me a cake for, for the last two years. And let me tell you something. that cho- the, the chocolate cake is still my, my favorite by far. She makes this crazy chocolate cake with this uh, delicious, uh, luscious, decadent chocolate frosting and the cake is moist and and there oh my god it's, it's a whole situation it's a whole situation mm-hmm. um so uh so we so at the party we can expect trivia we can expect history um yeah so check it out come on down to bar harbor on december 11th what time would the party be uh paul it's from 1 to 3 p.m and in addition to cake uh i have promised that everybody's Everybody who shows up for this event, their first uh, drink at the event will be on me. Oh, so you get cake and a drink, in addition to some interesting trivia, meet some great people, learn about your choices in the upcoming 2022 election. Those who are in Wasilla will have a chance to meet in person Sean Thorne, who's running for Senate, so they can learn their choices there. This is all about just learning uh, some U.S. history, learning about options that you have and the important election that's coming up. I mean, for the first time, we have ranked choice voting, so why wouldn't you learn about the people you have to rank, right? 
Yes, this could be a rather expensive uh, 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 afternoon for you, Paul. Let's uh, So let's rack up Paul's bill on December 11th. We have a phone call coming in from a Chris Dalton, but you're calling on the phone as well. And I don't know how to answer that call while you're on the call. So, Chris, I will get to your call. I will call you back in just a moment. We're going to go on a, uh, on a commercial break after this and then talk to uh, Liza. But I'll give you a moment to call in, uh, Chris, after those two segments. Um, but... Did we leave anything out here, Paul? Uh, no, I believe we covered everything that's happening there. We've got the cake, we got the drinks, we got the trivia, we got learning about your options in 2022. I look forward to seeing everybody out there, and I'm always open to discuss uh, what libertarians stand for and and why we're seeking uh, to represent you in office. And uh, I'm just really looking forward to this. 50 years is a long time, and I'm very proud of what we've been able to do in that time. Fabulous. Uh, go on down to Bar Harbor to learn more about the Libertarian Party if that suits your interest. And if nothing else, have some of Brandy's delicious cake and uh, and, and rack up Paul's bill for those free drinks. Uh, Paul, thank you for calling in. And please, guys, stay tuned to the First City Forum. Uh, we're going to have Liza call in with Art Talk with Liza Lee. Now, Paul, I have, a, I have a friend in town. Her name is Liza Lee, and she is a is, is an artist here in town with a, with a degree in art history. And every Tuesday, she... She's usually in the studio, but she's on vacation right now. So she'll be calling in to break down the history of famous artists, famous pieces of art, and famous museums from around the world. So don't miss Art Talk with Liza Lee coming right up. And Chris, I want you to call back. Uh, uh, I'll give you uh, the, the, the cue if you stay tuned. Thank you. Uh, we'll be right back. That was Lady Gaga and Bradley Cooper from A Star Is Born. So I had a few phone calls. Hello. Uh, at, oh, what? Hey, Liza. How's it going? Good. Give me I'm one. Not interrupting anything. No, give me one quick. Right yeah, give me one quick second. I got a few phone calls after that last <laughs> segment, and those will be addressed. We're going to have Chris Dalton call back on, but I wanted to clarify a statement I made on the racism of the drug war. So, of course, uh, uh, the 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 desire to clean up the the streets and not to have drugs on the streets and not to have our children and our and our fellow man um, man's <laughs> lives destroyed by, by by drugs isn't racist in and of itself. But if you look back at the history and really look at, uh, look from an educational standpoint and, and really look at what the war on drugs faces, it mostly faces marginalized com- marginalized communities uh, and mostly people of color. There are people, there are places in the country where there are known drug addicts everywhere. But most of the people who you will see spending significant time in prison, specifically in southern states and places like that, are people of color, black people and uh, Mexican people and different people of color. Uh, So it it definitely is a a racist issue and has been for a long time. And I think as time progresses, that is starting to change. But I wanted to clarify that that statement. And we can have differing opinions on that, but but it's definitely something that, um, that has been rampant in this country for a long time. A lot of what goes on a lot of our policies uh, in America are racist. I mean, and that is just a, a fact. Um, and it's not something that I'm going to um, sugarcoat, I guess, just because I'm on the radio. Um, we need to understand and be able to uh, to subjectively look at ourselves in the mirror and understand this is what a lot of this country is about. Um, sorry if for, any, if for anyone I offended there, but that's just, that's the truth. But hey, Liza, how are you? 
I'm good, Joe. How are you doing? I'm doing really, really well. I'm so excited that you were able to call in today. So we, for those just tuning in with us this Tuesday, we're on with uh, Art Talk with Liza Lee. Now, Liza Lee is a friend of mine, and she is an artist here in Ketchikan. Right now, she's visiting her family in the beautiful Florida Keys. Uh, so she's calling in for her segment, Art Talk with Liza Lee, where she breaks down famous pieces of art throughout history, uh, famous artists, and famous museums. So, Liza, what do you have for us this week? Um, today, well, okay, so I'm actually in Virginia with my family now. I was in the Keys, now I'm in Virginia, and I'm actually going to talk about a famous, um, little-known, but now being, rec- I mean, she's, she's well-known now, recognized um, Virginian artist Judith Godwin and abstract expressionism uh, in general, and um, she's just someone that is really, really cool, total trailblazer, and I've been dying to do a segment on her for a long time, and so, or ever since we started this, anyways. So, um, I'm really excited to talk about her today. Um, Judith was uh, a very important um, abstract expressionist in the 1950s in New York, um, and she studied with um, Hans Hoffman in his schools in New York in Provincetown, Massachusetts. She started, she shared a studio with Franz Klein. Um, she hung out at the Theater Tavern in Manhattan with artists like Jackson Pollock and Mark Roscoe. Um, and like other female artists in the 1950s, she received less attention than her male counterparts, uh, which is unfortunately a balance that's only now being kind of righted. Um, but her work really stays true to the values of abstract expressionism, which is all about um, purposely avoiding the work of subject matter so the focus is solely on the medium on canvas almost as a sculptural essence more than a narrative picture of something um some elements that are characteristic of this art style are spontaneously applied color brushwork and the presence of brush strokes motion shape color and the moods that they evoke and mainly the material on the canvas was what the focus was about, um, and using that material to create feeling. And there was almost, it was all about creating an internal energy within the painting with these elements um, through a series of opposing but balanced and even complementary forces, sort of yin and yang, so to speak. Um, I'm really passionate about abstract expressionism because it's an art style that a lot of people are just like, meh, I don't get it. And to me, that's just kind of like hearing jazz music and being like, eh, I don't get it, so it's not important. Um, And so when you look at the works of abstract expressionists, especially Judas, there's almost, like I said, a meditative quality to looking at all of these unique things that traditional form would consider a blemish, things like drips of paint or even debris that has fallen onto the canvas and intentionally left there, Um, and these sort of juxtaposing sensations like heavy and light, open and closed, opaque and transparent, through using varying brush techniques and varying applications of paint in some areas you would see thick fields of, and and other abstract expression works as well, you would see thick fields of color in one area, but, you know, particularly in Jewish, you would, you know, have an area, a section of, you know, running paint and a section of more solid paint, and that would kind of, those two juxtapositions would play with each other to create sort of a balance in your brain. Um, she was an, influenced a lot by nature, 
Zen philosophy and interpretive dance. She was actually close friends with Martha Graham, who was a famous choreographer back then. And she, um, so one could argue that, you know, she, a lot of her work was, had like a dance like quality, or that was a really important component to her, her work. Um, and like, you know, other female abstract expressionists of that time, like Joan Mitchell, Lee Krasner, or Grace Hardigan, um, they're only kind of, you know, not now, but in, in like, in, you know, some recent decades gaining some more acclaim or some more fame because in that time, you know, in the 1950s, you know, these male artists that were doing essentially the same thing and in some instances, in my opinion, not as well, um, you know, gain more recognition for their work. So, um, and her work, you know, was interesting in that some of the other female abstract expressionists had a, a very feminine hand to their work, but hers was very strong and very masculine. I mean, sometimes also feminine, but she really had this kind of dominant, strong, you know, stroke to her work, um, which is unique of other female abstract expressionists of that time. And do you think that was... And do you think that was something something she focused on to set herself apart, or do you think that's what set her apart from the well, as as a female in the world of of, of abstract expressionism, where you have people like Jackson Pollock whose work can be looked at. Some people will will, will say, "Oh, this guy just threw a bunch of paint on a on a, on a, a canvas," and others will look at his work and say, "This is brilliant," and spend thirty million dollars on a Jackson Pollock painting. Um, well, I'll say that while the uh, application of paint is spontaneous, it is always intentional. Mm. And so it's not, a, it's not haphazard, I guess is what it's saying. There's always tact in creating this work. Um, the colors they use, how much paint they put on the brush, and how they put it on the, the canvas is all um, there's all strat is all where the strategy comes into play, and there is tremendous strategy. Um, and I challenge anybody that thinks that you know abstract expressionism is just this random thing to to sit down in front of a painting this e- a canvas this evening and create something that um, that is that people would consider good or, or important because mm-hmm. there is a magic that is that is breathed into the canvas of these paintings. And like I said, it was more about when you stand up, it's important to get up close to these, to both look at it from far away, but also look at it very close so that it envelops your, your entire field of vision, because it's important to notice all the little things in the painting that are unique. You can never make, you know, the same, I mean, you can never do the same thing the exact same way twice, but especially not in this way. You know, there are a lot of happy accidents, but also a lot of, like, you know, intentional spell casting that turns into something that's really neat on canvas that you just couldn't get with such a calculated, classical, traditional art style. So I think it's an art style that, you know, a lot of people dismiss, but it's so important and uh, it's something that I think changes when you stand up close to one of these works. You don't quite get the full effect from the photo on Wikipedia or 
on in a book or printed. It's something that you really get from standing in front of the canvas when you're in the museum and you have this feeling, this kind of like calm it's it like entrances you. You get sucked into these, like in Jackson Pollock's work, it's almost like a spider web that you get, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it, you just feel like you're falling forever into these ropes of paint. And um, it's, it's really, it's important. It's a really important um, genre of art. I love that. I, I love that. I personally love abstract art because though it may not look, you, you, I feel like you have to really look at it and and just really absorb what's going on, as you were saying, just to get a feel of it. But there's definitely something there. There's definitely a, it's almost like a glimpse into the chaotic mind of the artist. Absolutely, and what they're influenced by. It's it's almost like a portal into their soul. So because I think when you have more figurative work, the figure. Is, is almost distracting in a way to where, like, the artist is like, look over here at this thing that I'm painting, this, this shape, this thing, and I'm taking you here specifically. Whereas when you look at abstract expressionist works, it's more about here's where I am when I was painting this thing, and here's what was influencing me. And it's really a, a window into that kind of corner of time in the artist's life and just something, you, like I said, you can't imitate. It's something that you can't recreate. You can't copy one of her works. I challenge anyone to do it um, because it's so, uh, it's, it's like an anomaly. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, Mar- for example, Martha- Mark Rothko's work, uh, he said that you should sit in front of his paintings for, he wanted you to sit in front of his paintings for like two hours and just get into a Zen meditative state. And you could. I mean, I when I went to Art Basel and saw one of his works, I did. I sat, oh, not for two hours, but definitely 45 minutes. And it was like it changed before my eyes, mm. these color field paintings. That's pretty incredible. Wow. Well, thank you, Liza, for calling in. And guys, please uh, take your phones right now and Google Judith Godwin and, and look at the artists, look at the works of art that Liza is, uh, is speaking about right now. You will, I think you will feel something. You can, you can hear I'm, I'm currently chewing a, um, a, uh, a uh, oatmeal crumb berry bar from 55 North. They are amazing. Ladies and gentlemen, do not miss them. Um, all right. Thank you, Liza. So Liza thank calls. You, Liza, bye. bye. So Liza calls in every Tuesday for Art Talk with Liza Lee. It's always an amazing time. I'm gonna go on a short song break and I'll be right back. But please, I want to have uh, Chris call back in. He had a really great question, a really great comment that I would love for him to uh, to say on air. We'll be right back with the first city forum. That was Follow Me by Uncle Cracker. Uh, I want to thank you all for tuning in to the First City Forum today, brought to you by Providence Properties in Southeast Alaska Orthopedics. Um, Paul just sent me a message. If you would like to learn more about the event going on this uh Going on on the on December 11th the, for the Libertarian Party uh, birthday party, uh, please visit alaskalp.org. That's alaskalp.org. And uh, thank you all for, for uh, tuning in. And uh, to anyone who may have been confused about my my comments on the uh, the uh, the drug war being racially motivated, uh, please I. I 
I encourage you to do some research on the history of the of the of the drug war and where it came from uh, and things of that nature. And please call call me on Thursday where we talk where uh, I have Rachel Bright help on and we talk about all those hot political uh, issues. Uh, thank you so much for tuning in. I'm your host, the one and only Joe Williams. Uh, have a good day. Goodbye. <laughs>